Orion is the most splendid of constellations, befitting a character who was in legend the tallest and most handsome of men. His right shoulder and left foot are marked by the brilliant stars Betelgeuse and Regal. With a distinctive line of three stars forming his belt, no other constellation more accurately presents the figure of a man. And those are the words of Germanicus Caesar. Come out, come out, wherever you are. to another episode of the Ascending Podcast. I am Bruce, your guide. Today, we are going to be talking about the Hunter Orion. So, it seems like everybody obviously knows about Orion. He's pretty easy to pick out in the sky. You can identify him by his belt of three stars. And everybody knows the story that he's facing the bull. He's holding the club. He's Orion, the, the brave strong, handsome hunter. But what else do we really know about him? And are the stories that we do know even really that accurate? Um, the answer to that is obviously with everything in myth, um, yes and no and maybe. Um, so the first thing I want to point out is that Orion is very similar to Hercules. We know that in a lot of the original Hercules myths that he had a club and that he wore the fur of a lion and that he had to conquer many different feats. With Orion we kind of see it more in this kind of lust love kind of sense where he's learning these critical lessons as far as if you look from the the standpoint of when uh, he's hunting with Artemis and they're having so much fun. He's really starting to get his skills and really become kind of godlike in his hunting ability. He has the uh, ignorant thought of being like, well, th this is great. I'm really honing my skills. I want to wipe out every animal. You know, I say it like that. And he wasn't so much of wipe out. You know, he just had that that real hunger for the hunt. He just wanted to keep going. So Gaia, the Earth Mother, steps in and she goes, no, 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 we got to teach him a lesson of the balance of nature, which is something as far as conservation goes and with the pagans, like I've said before, who seem to think every little fluffy bunny um, is looked at as a pet and maybe more personified than needed and not the wild animal that it is. But anyways, so what Gaia says isn't like a fluffy bunny. <laughs> she sends... A scorpion. And we all know how the interaction with the scorpion goes with Orion, do we not? Um, I guess we can save the uh, rest of that for a little later. So there's this interaction that happens there. However, Orion is depicted facing the bull, but there's actually no real reference to that in myth. However, Gilgamesh was the Sumerian equivalent of Hercules, and he was. He was depicted fighting the bull 
of the heavens. So basically what you start to have here is, you see this a myth all the time, and I want to be able to do a lot of this stuff, kind of finding these connections within myths. So just so we're all on the same page here, we have Orion, we have Hercules. Now Hercules is actually a separate constellation in the sky. He has his own thing. But Orion kind of seems to be Hercules and that kind of guys. So, as we have said, so Gilgamesh was the Sumerian equivalent of Hercules. But where the puzzle is, is that one of the labors of Hercules was to catch the Cretan bull, which would fit the Orion-Taurus conflict that we see in the sky. Um, they're both described with the club, a lion's belt. Um... I mean, pelt. <laughs> um, and they're both identified by that belt. And he is shown this way on old star maps, yet despite these parallels, no mythologist hints to a connection between the constellation and Hercules. But yet, this is something that we see all the time. You have multiple similar stories of the same kind of guy doing the same kind of things. But anyways, now that we've kind of jumped into that, you can see where we're kind of going with this. Um, let's kind of back it up a little bit. I mean, you know, everything in mythology gets all crazy as far as who the parents are and uh, what the powers might be, how they got them, if they're a demigod, if they're the son of a uh, farmer and a goddess or a god and a maiden or... Don't even get a start on Zeus yet, right? <laughs> so, Orion was the son of Poseidon and Uriel. Um, it looks like it's spelled almost like Uriel, but it's supposed to be pronounced Uriel. And she was a Gorgon. Um, if you're familiar with the Gorgons, um, Medusa was a Gorgon. And I believe there was actually three sisters. Might have to fact check that one. Um... In some stories, all the Gorgons were kind of known for that same power, being able to turn into stone, but that actually isn't the case. Um, and also, in a lot of the the myth and things that you would find, um, King Minos, um, Ariel is said to be his daughter. Um, it gets tricky from... Um, story to story as if um, she was the, the actual same as the Gorgon, Uriel. Um, but in a lot of them, it does seem to be consistent. Now, with Poseidon being Orion's father, that means that Orion gets some special abilities that you can only have if your father is the god of the sea. What special ability might you ask? How about the ability to walk on water? Does that do anything for you? Um, we all know who's famous for walking on water. Jesus Christ himself. Yep, that's right. So we have somebody else now in history who walked on... In history. Well, yeah, the history of the world. I mean... People seem to think that Jesus actually walked the earth. I think Orion did too, that giant of a man. Uh, so anyways, 
The fact that he could walk on water and Jesus could walk on water brings us to another connecting point on two almost completely different myths. Um, Jesus walked on water when he was um, praying uh, atop a mountain. Peter and some of the other Christ lads were out at sea. And something happened to the boat. As you can see, my, my Christian stuff's a little hazy at the moment. And Jesus went out to meet them. Now, I remember reading in one story where Jesus is kind of in like a meditative praying days and he just walks right past the boat. And Peter runs out to them and it's kind of like, hey, you know, help us. And then there's another where Peter just goes right out to greet him and Jesus is actually... Um, with them to save them. Then he, he gets on the boat and they teleport a bunch of miles. Now, Orion doesn't really have so much a concrete story like that, but we know that he had the ability to walk on water. And what's interesting is that his constellation is actually facing a lot of the main, um, well, I guess you would call it like the you know, the, the water, ocean scene that's written in the stars. Um, one of the most notably having Aquarius, who would actually represent Poseidon. So he's walking towards that. If you were to look at a constellation map, you would see that Orion. And some even say the way that his foot is up, he is literally stepping and being able to cross the water and entering into that realm. And so I've actually pulled up a uh, star map right here. And when you're looking at it, you have, so as we said, Orion's foot is up. And the first thing you would see is the river. Uh, behind the river is the sea serpent and the two fishes. And then behind them would be Aquarius or the water god. And then right behind him is the goatfish or Capricorn. Um... Right above them is the dolphin, and below them is the southern fish. What I find interesting that goes along with Jesus walking on water is that directly behind Orion, uh, there's also the constellation that's supposed to be a ship. Um, and then above that is um, what Laura identified Gemini as Mount Mashu. Um, so that's the concept of the mountain and that Jesus was praying on the mountain and the ship and the water walking. Um, Orion is one of the oldest constellations. Um, so it would make sense that as things have progressed, different mythologies and religions that, you know, they're pulling from these different things. But they're all ultimately going to lead back to the same sources. And... You know, that's where we get this real fun aspect of it that, you know, if all these different people and religions and all these myths tie into each other, what parts of these possibly could have actually happened on Earth? Or are these ancient stories that have been carried throughout time of these beings that have existed? You know, I've always said that I think one of the biggest ignorances of human beings, especially in modern times, there's another thing we throw around too. We say, oh, in modern times. But, you know, every 
age and generation always thinks that they're living in the hardest times and there's probably a nostalgia for what's happened in the past. But, you know, we, we, don't, we don't know these things. But we go around acting like we do. Like we, we have all the answers. We know for a fact. We know exactly what happened thousands and thousands of years ago on our planet when over and over and over again archaeologists have proven that that's just not the case you know there's there's more mystery and, and magic if you will than anything else and those are the things that we need to focus more on I think the more that we can just look at how massive the spectrum is as far as what we believe and put our energy into uh, especially in all this myth and lore and how it ties in and how we really are all one and the same, you know. Uh, I joke around sometimes about, you know, let's just say pagan, Christian, whatever, believing in a god. You know, the way I see it is if you believe in one god, you believe in all the gods because, you know, because you start to see this stuff all kind of tie in together and it's pretty obvious that you have repeating patterns that we see all the time. And perhaps a lot of these gods are based on actual figures who existed who are able to ascend to these great feats that, you know, people are so infatuated with now. I mean, you see it on social media all the time. We're really living in an age where it's this kind of uh, go-getter, um, you know, discipline whether you're in the entrepreneur space or just someone who's trying to get after it all the time, you know, all these all these gods are always people who are capable of these epic feats who had these skills, um, who apparently walked among us. Um, yes, there's some who, who didn't necessarily. But those are the connections you got to look at. And that's something that we're, we're obviously going to be able to touch on a lot. But I digress. So... There's a couple more things that I wanted to touch on for this part one of digging into Orion the Hunter. And um, that's some of the uh, other origin stories. And I thought this one uh, was, was interesting. So some sources claim that he was born out of Gaia. Um, if you're not familiar, um, Gaia is the Earth. It's the Earth Mother, Gaia. So the way this story goes is that so Zeus, Hermes, and Poseidon urinated on a bull hide and buried it in the earth. Uh, you see that a lot in um, like some of the real old like caveman Neanderthal stuff of them um, burying things into the earth as like the womb of the earth mother and, uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, they do it a lot of like burials. Um, so... It is kind of believed that this is where we get the origin of Orion's name. So Orion being spelled O-R-I-O-N, the Sumerian version, the Sumerian version is Uraana. That's U-R-U-A-N-N-A. So the way this plays in is that because they peed on the pelt. And they put it into the earth that there's a separate spelling of Orion that I'm going to talk about in a second with a different story that is U-R-I-O-N. So they're saying that the actual fact that they urinated on it, his name was like Urion, like urine. 
but we use Orion, that's how it's translated. Now, the next story that's notable is basically the same exact thing. In Thebes, there lived an old farmer named Herius. One day, he offered hospitality to three passing strangers who happened to be the gods Zeus, Neptune, and Hermes. After they had eaten, the visitors asked Herius if he had any wishes. The old man confessed that he would like to have a son, and the three gods promised to fulfill his wish. Standing together around the hide of an ox they had just consumed, the gods urinated on it and told Herius to bury the hide. From it, in due course, was born a boy named Herius, named Urion, after the mode of his conception. So, there you have that. You can see exactly where that connection happens, and that Orion could possibly be Urion, who was the result of gods peeing on the pelt of some kind of bull or ox, and yet we have Orion battling him in the sky. So as I've mentioned before, it's almost like now we have more questions than we even have answers. And yet, I also feel like now this has turned into some kind of um, episode of Bear Grylls out there with uh, the amount that we just talked about peeing on things in urine. So I'm going to wrap it up for today and we're going to kind of make this a two-part one. Um, because I kind of want to jump deeper into what exactly Orion gets up to when he's with Artemis and he ends up running into Apollo who becomes very jealous of the relationship that they have. We will also go on to learn about how Orion was made to be blind in one eye and really dig into some of that kind of love, lust things and the lessons that he learned through that. So that's what I got for you guys on this one. This is part one of the Orion series. Um, you can follow me over on Instagram at Bruce underscore Ascending. And please feel free to uh, direct message me about, you know, anything you might want to add or something that you want to correct. I by no means think that I'm an expert or, or know it all. Um, I just want to make this community better and maybe talk about some things that people don't always talk about. So... Any kind of tidbit or extra connection or myth or it's a name that I mispronounced or whatever. You guys know how this stuff works, so you can catch me over there. Um, until next time, keep ascending.